to episode 172 of the Various Summary Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the vault studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who ghosted us during the last episode, John Scott Sloat. Now, that wasn't an intentional ghost. <laughs> it was not. Somehow it came through our headphones, but didn't make it onto the recording. Somehow, I think the the error was actually in the editing software. Really? Yeah, I think the actual recordings were fine. Um, I, I think the error was in the editing software. So, I guess we'll have to be. I'll have to be a little bit more attentive to make sure. I mean, like when I played it, music came through. Both mics came through. Looks hmm. good on the screen. So I'm not sure what happened there. Interesting. But anyway, so uh, yes, uh, thanks everyone for reaching out and letting us know. Yeah. How many people reached out to you? A few. Okay. I heard from two or three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They could. They told me they could still hear me through, through your, my microphone. Yeah. 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 So just to just let's clear the air here. There was no intentional – uh, me cutting John's mic. Yeah, one person did suggest that to me. <laughs> I think in sort of a tongue-in-cheek sort of fashion. But... Yeah, yeah, I did not do that. Uh, I, I will forcefully deny that. <laughs> yes. So uh, if you'd like to reach the show, you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and on YouTube and we'd love for you to leave a five-star rating and a review. So, uh, John, we were in the midst of some weird weather. Yeah. Like we yeah, had we all are. last I'm, week. I'm, it's beautiful. Which felt like late spring, early summer. Mm-hmm. felt like late May. Temperatures in the upper 70s, pushing 80. Uh, at points, almost hot. Yeah. Um, and then – Saturday was kind of peak for that. Yes, and then uh, as we record today on April 17th, we are barely going to hit 40 in terms of a high temperature. Yeah. It's cold. Oh, and it I drove through snow on the way to work today. That actually was on the ground or? No, it was in the air. OK. It was yeah. just in the air. It was just kind of floating around. But it was chilly and windy. Yeah. Today for whatever reason. But apparently it's supposed to be upper 70s in a couple of days. It is. Yeah. I mean, this is what you get in living where we live in mid April in, in the mm-hmm. Midwest. So, all right. You ready to talk some sports? Sure. So, the uh, probably the biggest news or uh, sports story is uh, it was the start of the NBA playoffs over the weekend. Yep. Uh, props to your Knicks. Yeah. They pulled it out. They won game one against the Cavs in Cleveland. Uh, much to the chagrin of my sons and Nate from Ohio. They were, I'm not, sure, they were sure. not pleased. Yeah, I'm sure they weren't pleased. I mean, other than Donovan Mitchell, not many people showed up for the Cavs. Yeah, I, we didn't get to watch the game because we were uh, somewhere else, which we'll talk about uh, in, a in, in a moment. But um, yes, from what I understand, the uh, the Cavs gave up a ton of offensive rebounds in the yeah. fourth quarter that basically sealed their fate. So. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's and, a seven-game series. And in fact, hey, I think <laughs> I think an offensive rebound made the highlight reel uh, yeah. for, for the game. It's believable. It's believable. Uh, so, uh, so Knicks are up uh, one game to zero. There, we won't go through all the series. Uh, 
Uh, I'm guessing. Well, I mean, some of the games were. There was a game on a- ABC yesterday. Did you catch any of that? I did not. Okay. No. And I won't catch Tuesday's game. It's on TNT. So, um, yeah, I mean, probably the most, uh, probably the the biggest headlines coming out of this uh, weekend were the Heat beating the Bucks in Milwaukee after Giannis goes down with a lower back contusion mm. about, I don't know, five, six minutes into the game, I think. Hmm. And so depending on the severity of his injury, that that is, that is a season changer right there in terms oh, yeah. of they're the one seed. And I think a lot of people like them coming out of the East. But uh, without Giannis, they may not get out of the first round. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that they get out of the first round without Giannis. Uh, and then in the West, um, did, did Ja go down with an injury? No. No? I misread that then. Um, I mean, he, he, I think he was banged up. Uh, well, he, I'm trying to remember now. He did hurt his hand. Is it hand? But I don't remember if he came back into the game now that I think about it. Uh, Lakers won against the Grizzlies in Van, uh, Vancouver. <laughs> Still, yeah. That's where they used to be, right? Didn't the gri- they start there? The that, Grizzlies? Yeah. Maybe. I thought, maybe, I could be wrong. Anyway, they're in Memphis. I know that. Okay. Uh, so they're currently in Memphis. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> the but that that was a series that was interesting going in because the Lakers rallied to get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. but they they are starting to play their probably their best basketball of the season, and they added pieces at the deadline that have been significant improvements, mm-hmm. and so they're a team that even though they're coming in as the seventh seed. Even if Memphis was healthy, I would not be shocked if the Lakers won that series. I'm not saying they necessarily would, but I wouldn't be shocked by it. They've got to stay healthy. And I think Anthony Davis left left the game with an injury. Well, he left at the end of the second quarter, um, something with his shoulder or arm or something. And it didn't look great, but then he played in the second half and was fine. Yeah, he he came out of the game. And I think the video picked him up going – I, I I can't move my arm. Yeah, <laughs> not good for an NBA player. Yeah, I mean, it, but it. I, I don't know what the official diagnosis was, but that could be a stinger. You know, like you get hit funny, sure. and your whole arm goes numb. Okay, but just some good old time and and you know blood circulation. Put eventually. some WD forty on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the one of the other intriguing series is uh, the Kings against the Warriors, because if you if you if you weren't really paying attention, you wouldn't necessarily realize that the um, that the Kings were the number three seed, the three seed. Yeah, and so um, that that's a little, you know. I think people look at the the name brand of the Warriors, and they're like, oh. Well, the Warriors should win that, but Kings won Game One. Um, let's see, was there any other um, surprises? Uh, maybe a little surprising in the four or five game. The Suns lost to the Clippers at home, but I don't know. It'll be. I think it feels like this this year's playoffs are more wide open than I remember them being. Really, probably yeah. on both. Sides, both both East and West conference, Eastern West, Eastern Western conference. Yeah, 
that there's less of a – I mean, we went through such a long period where, you know, in the East, whatever team LeBron was on, they were coming out of the East. Yep. And in the West, then you had that stretch where the Warriors had their run. Were so like, good. Like, well, obviously Golden State's going to come out mm-hmm. of the West kind of thing. Um, so that's not the case anymore. It feels much more wide open. It does. It does feel wide open this year. Any predictions on who's coming out of the East and out of the West? Are you not ready to make that yet? I don't know. Um, I, I I suppose the Celtics, if I had to pick a team out of the East. Okay. A team we have not talked about. Yeah. And in the West, if I have to pick somebody, I don't know. Um, I, I'd like to see the Nuggets. The Nuggets are about, always yeah. one of those teams where they have a great regular season and then they are a complete disappointment in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Is this finally the year that they climb over the hump and get to the finals? It feels like they're healthier than they've been in past years, but I don't know. We'll see. You okay. got what about you? I mean, I'm in a I'm in a similar boat. I think the Lakers are probably coming out of the West. Really? I like, From the yeah. seven spot. Yes. I wow. I like them to make a deep run. Wow. Uh, partly because of the things we've mentioned here. They made a lot of moves. They got LeBron. Uh, uh, AD is healthy ish. Ish. Um, when he can move his arm. Uh, He's so fragile though. Like he is so fragile. I, if he could stay healthy, I could see it. It's just yeah. I just I'm not I can't bring myself to to bet that he's going to stay healthy. And then out of, out of the East, there's a there's a large part of me that wants to pick the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> that's not happening. But there's also a large part of me that's like, I want James Dolan to sell that team. <laughs> and the more they lose, the more likely it is that he sells. Um, you know, so I have that that sort of uh, yeah. conflicting sort of sense. Um, but yeah, it's probably the Celtics coming out of the East. I think they're the safe bet, mm-hmm. especially now with Giannis hurt. Yep. Uh, it seems like the Celtics are the safest bet, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if, as long as Giannis is healthy enough to play, the Bucks could easily come out of that too. Yeah. But now let's talk about some baseball. I have not paid any attention to baseball. Okay. So how are the Mets doing? Mets are doing uh, uh, okay. They've last year they came out of the gate hot, and they were hot through probably June, July, yeah, and then sort of tapered off at the yep. end of the season and uh, culminated in a playoff loss. They've started a little slower. They've had some injuries. Um, the one one of the bright spots has been our first baseman Pete Alonso. Have you have you s- seen video of him before? No. Uh, they call him the polar bear because he's kind of shaped like a polar bear. <laughs> okay. Um, Which is typically not the ideal shape for an athlete. Yeah. For a power hitter though, okay. I mean, it's okay. But he has eight home runs in 16 games. Okay. So he's – On he, pace for 81. Yeah. Okay. He's he's moving at a, at a really good clip right now. And so it's been, yeah. it's been really exciting. All right. But uh, yeah, they're out on the West Coast. They just swept Oakland – um, so we got the Dodgers and then the Giants coming up. So that'll be a good test for us, I think. So, has the has have the players and the umpires adjusted to the rule changes? In particular, pitch clock. For the most part, yeah. It's still weird when the pitcher is like half a second late to his windup, mm-hmm. and the ump waves it off and goes ball. 
before he even throws it. That's still something to get used to. Okay. But you want to know what? Getting through a game in two and a half hours? And so – Is marvelous. Okay. So the pitch clock is displayed somewhere. So clearly the umpire can see it from where he is. Yeah. I think in most stadiums, it's sort of off to the left uh, from the pitcher. Right. And then there's one in the outfield as well. So um, the umpire can monitor it. And so is the rule that the pitch has to be released? He has to start uh, his motion. Has to start his pitching motion. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he can only – the weirder one is he can only throw over the first twice. Yeah. And if he throws over a third time, he has to get him out or it's an automatic take your base. Yeah. Yeah. That to me is a bigger game-changing oh, rule yeah. than, it's than l- the pitch clock. It's led to some fun gamesmanship though. So like uh, if they if you got a speedy guy on first – and they throw over twice, he's taking a massive lead. Yeah. I mean, just massive, daring that guy to throw over. Yeah. And he may even be leaning back to first saying, like, I'm just going to dive back into the first base and beat the throw. Right. And then I'll get second base base anyway. Yeah. That doesn't count as a stolen base, though. I don't believe so. I don't think so. But guys are running more. There's a lot more stolen bases. I mean, in my my fantasy uh, baseball league, normally I get – last year I was getting two, three steals a week. I'm getting like 10 or 12 right now. So a lot of actions on the base paths and uh, the game's moving at a quicker clip, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, it's – they'll adjust. They will. They'll adjust. How long do you think it is before they go to automatic balls and strikes, that they get rid of the balls and strikes – umpire like not you still have to have a home plate umpire for other things yep but in terms of the actual calling of balls and strikes it would just goes all automated i don't know normally they test those things out at the minors first and then bring it to the major so you need at least three to five years at the minors before you bring it up Mm -hmm. and i don't know that they're doing that yet so i mean we're at least six seven eight years away from that so I, I I still think there's some some pretty good time there. All right, but you know they're trying to remove things that fans almost want to get upset about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people want to be upset at the referees to to a certain degree. Yeah, though I don't know the I think there still is, would be plenty opportunity to be upset just in terms of safe and out calls. Yeah, not not just. Um, you know, you think about it like baseball is unique in in just every uh, every play, if you want to call it that. The official has to has to make a decision and declare it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously in football, there are plenty of plays where there's no penalty called. Yep. So in essence, they're kind of making decisions and saying that's not a penalty, that's legal or whatever. But it's not announced; mm-hmm. it's just assumed. It's everything's assumed legal until the the official throws a flag and says no, you can't do that. Yeah, kind of the same with basketball, right? But in baseball, it's it's you make a definitive statement either way, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I just think I think it's just a matter of time because it's so inconsistent. Yeah, across different umpires. There's a great Twitter uh, uh, profile called uh, well, there's two. There's one called Ump Scorecards. 
yeah. where they will rate each umpire based on a game and which way they they push the game. Mm-hmm. And then another another one, I think it's called Welcome to the Ump Show, uh, where it's just bad umpire calls <laughs> uh, that yeah. are that are worth a follow yeah. on Twitter. Bad sports refereeing is is always entertaining mm-hmm. when it doesn't involve your team and you don't yes, really care yes. that much. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that's a terrible call. I can imagine sports radio going like, finally another bad referee moment. We have something to talk oh, about. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that's free content right there. Mm-hmm. All right, ready to move on, John? Sure am. Our topic today is weddings. Yep. Yeah. What what precipitated the decision to go with this? Uh, you and I attended a wedding this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and we should probably refrain from any specific comments about that wedding. Is that is that is that fair? I mean, judgment calls on like this was good, this was bad. You know, it, does that seem fair? Um, I think it's good to affirm things that we liked. Okay. I, I don't know that we necessarily need to <laughs> – Make any other statements. Okay. And, and just to be clear, I uh, I thought it was a great wedding. I thought so too. Yeah. I was a big fan. And and even like, – here's what I'll say to sort of qualify our, our statement. I, I think there's a lot of flexibility and freedom you have in terms of making a wedding enjoyable. Okay. Now, I think there, there should be some sort of fundamentals and some non-negotiables. And I, I want to make clear – I think that the couple and their families or how, whatever the dynamic is there uh, should absolutely feel the freedom of, you know, we just want a small private gathering that's just very kind of intimate and personal. Or we want to throw the big shindig where we invite hundreds upon hundreds of people and it becomes this massive, you know, throwdown party. Hmm. I think there's plenty of – so I, I don't want to give the impression of I think there's a perfect sized wedding. Depends on what you want. Okay, but I, when I think of this topic, I'm thinking more of the from a guest's experience. Okay, what makes a wedding good? What do I look for? What do I enjoy? What do I not enjoy about attending a wedding? That's what more I'm thinking. Okay, and so um, you good with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm okay. good. Do you want do you want to say why this was a memorable wedding for us? The, the one we attended this weekend? Um, well, yeah. I mean it, I think it's memorable for a couple of reasons. One is the the woman who got married, mm-hmm. a good friend of ours. Absolutely. And she was in our small group for many years. She's been a friend of our family, a friend of your family. Yep. Um, and we have – I've kicked uh, around doing a weather podcast with her for a time. <laughs> yes. Um, and we've prayed for a while. Absolutely. For her to – find a husband. And the Lord finally opened up that door and provided a, a, a great man for her. So uh, that's part of what made it great. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and even perhaps more so, I might even say, which or, or at least on equal level, at least from our perspective, okay. was that uh, we had a great table of people that we were a part of. Yes. So that, you, that makes a great reception. Yes. A great reception yeah. for so sure. So you and your lovely bride, Andrea, mm-hmm. myself and Kate, and then two other couples that are, are very good friends of ours. Yep. 
And so, but that one of them in particular, Zach in Ohio and his lovely bride, Sarah, we don't get to see very often. Also in Ohio. Yes. That mm-hmm. was sort of a <laughs> Yes. Uh, so the fact that all all eight of us, all four couples were together, it's hard to remember when that's happened. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's, it's been a minute. So uh, – so there was a lot of uh, a lot of laughter, a lot of storytelling. We um, actually discussed the podcast quite a bit. Uh, yes, um, we did. We did have, and you kept looking to me for help. <laughs> you were and unwilling to help. Unwilling. <laughs> I didn't know how. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I don't know what you wanted me to do in that instance. I don't know. Well, what I wanted was uh, was. Zach and Gabe to zip it uh, in terms of them encouraging some yeah. of the uh, conversation. But I know Zach thinks he was trying to help I, at some point. Yes, but I cannot shut them up. <laughs> You've noticed long enough that – This is true. That that they are – gosh, how do I feel about that statement? They are more likely to put their foot in their mouth. Uh, than you? Than me. You think I that's think fair? that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely true. I cannot stop it. <laughs> I cannot stop them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I, I mean, basically, the issue was when, if ever, is my wife going to be on the podcast? Mm-hmm. That was the topic of conversation. Now, I will say it wasn't just Zach and Gabe. Your wife was jumping in on that conversation as well. Yes, she was. And she's very pro being on the podcast. She is. She is. Yeah. We'll see if that ever happens. Yeah. We shall see. Uh, So, okay, big picture. Yeah. Let's start with the ceremony. What makes a good wedding ceremony? Um... I am a fan of loose traditions, I think. So okay. so I want to see, you know, a song played as, you know, the the groom sits his mother, you know, you know d- does those things. Mm-hmm. The bride comes down, everybody stands up. Yeah. There's a ceremony with vows and promises and and things like that. Uh, and then I, I want an announcement and I and I want a celebration. Uh, that's what I want. That's what I want to see in a ceremony. And I need it to be between 20 and 30 minutes. <laughs> Anything over 30 minutes, you, you're pushing your luck. Okay. All right. How do you do, – do you look for other things? So I, I'm much more of a traditionalist. Okay. Though I, I am open to – variations on things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I, why I, I kind of said loose traditions. Yeah. Like I don't need a certain song played while the, while the bride comes yeah, down the aisle absolutely. or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I generally prefer the traditional vows as opposed to your the, the, the bride and groom making up their own. Mm-hmm. Though I will say – at this wedding this past weekend, it was a combination of both, essentially. It was, yeah. Um, which I'm, I'm fine with. As long as there's the some form of the traditional vows, I think it's good. Because ultimately, what I don't want is just the bride and the groom 
talk about how much they love the other person, mm-hmm. what they think is great about them. And there's no like, I am committing to you to do this. I am I am promising before God that I will do this and I won't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's at the core of what a wedding ceremony is in terms of making a set of, uh, of vows, a covenant arrangement between spouses before God. And that's really the purpose of having people there is they are witnesses. Mm-hmm. And ideally, it's these are the people who if they see us going wayward are involved enough in our lives to be able to say, hey, what's going on here? Like something yeah. something's happening here. Like you're, you're wandering astray or, or they're – like – so to me, I think especially – especially in light of the fact that marriage is a picture of Christ in the church, I think the more covenant-oriented you make that, the easier the picture is to see. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm more a fan of the traditional. The in sickness and in health. Yep. Those yep. Richer, poorer, richer, all that poorer. sort of stuff. Um, but yes, I, I, I'm more of a traditionalist on on those, yeah. on the vows. I, I tend that way as well. Within some – Loose parameters. Sure. You know? Sure. Now, what about the message? What about – because inevitably there, there's typically some kind of message that the officiant gives. Mm-hmm. What makes a good one? What makes a bad one? Um, well, I, I, I'm always looking for like, hey, here's a message of Christ. Here's the gospel. Here's mm-hmm. – Christ and his, you know, this is a picture of what we see here today of that. So yeah. I, I'm specifically looking for that. Yeah, uh, me too. And then, you know, there's a, there's always some advice thrown in, yeah. uh, which was weird for me. I, I've only performed two weddings, mm-hmm. both as a single man. <laughs> which so that was weird to throw like yeah. advice in, yeah. and kind of go like, this is what I hear <laughs> about marriage. That's really good. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of what I'm looking for uh, mm-hmm. in a Ameri- in, in, in a in a message. Uh, and again, we got to get it all in in 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, I I, I am firm on that. Uh, like anything longer is is too much. I think a 10 to 12 minute wedding message is probably mm-hmm. the about the sweet spot. It's yeah. enough that you can actually say something that has content. Yep. But it's short enough that it doesn't feel like is this thing going to end soon? Like, yes. Does it? Does the does the guy not realize it's not about him? Yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I think those are. My mom always tells the story. Apparently, at her wedding, I was not there. Uh, <laughs> she had laryngitis and and could not. She lost her voice, uh, and so that made the in sickness and in health thing really funny. Yeah. at the ceremony, but uh, she told the officiant like, listen. I am I am not feeling well. Let's let's make this quick. Mm-hmm. And he went on for forty five. Whoa! Like, oh, like, no, like no, the no. ceremony is like forty five, fifty minutes. Yeah. And she was not pleased. Yeah, with the officiant. That yeah, day. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that that that's not cool. Um, what about venue? Uh, that's one of the so tradition mm-hmm. as we as we sort of laid it out. Tradition would be in a church. I'm okay to variations on that. That's one way. That's one spot where I'm willing to go. Like, yeah, have it wherever. Have it in a mm-hmm. in a barn. Have it in a in a mountaintop. Have it in 
a wedding chapel, have it on a boat, I don't, a beach. I don't care. I, I I think variations on that are really really quite fine. Yeah, I I think I largely agree. Uh, again, I'm I'm the traditionalist, mm-hmm. uh, but um, I think as long as the ceremony communicates the covenant nature of the of of marriage and those realities, uh, I don't know that that being in a church adds that much. Mm-hmm. Like I think it can all be done by whatever the officiant does to make those realities clear. As well as even just you know the staging and and props or whatever you know like there could be a, a big there could be a cross or like there, there there can be visual things you can do that communicate the uh, the more covenant nature of it that don't require being inside a church sanctuary. Yeah. So uh, now the reception. What makes a good reception? Um. Prepared speeches by maid of honor and best man. Okay, and length. Oh, short. I mean, five minutes, seven minutes. Agreed. Uh, at most, and and written down ahead of time. You've thought about this. Yes. <laughs> when somebody's making something up on the spot, Never everyone good. can tell. Never good. Not good. Yeah. Um. Uh, another rule for the speeches besides the. T- Prepare in advance in the time. Mm-hmm. Um, know your audience, and don't embarrass. Yes, don't embarrass. Don't embarrass no. the 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 bride especially, but don't embarrass the bride or the groom. Mm-mm. You can tell funny stories, but there are lines not to cross. Yep, where you embarrass, especially, and I've I won't name the wedding, but I've seen this where. Something was said that was embarrassing to the bride and it was all the more embarrassing because her family was obviously in the mm. room and it's like, oh, no, no, no. Don't say that. Like that might be something you say among the wedding party mm-hmm. at like the – you know, if you're hanging out, not even the rehearsal dinner where yeah. the family is. Like if you're all hanging out together and it's just the the wedding party – Maybe that's the sort of ha-ha moment where you're like, oh, yeah, that's kind of embarrassing. But you don't do that in front of the family and in the more public venue. So that's another rule I think for the – also, let, let's just say – how about just one on each side? Like One, one speech? W- yeah, one okay. groomsman, one bridesmaid. You can talk me – you could push me into two on each side. Two speeches or two people? Two people or two separate speeches on each side. OK. That's the most you can talk okay. me into. I thought you were talking about wedding party in total. No, no, no. I'm talking about speeches. OK. Yeah. I think one speech on each side is fine. I, I, I've been to some weddings where it's like this is now the fourth person on the groom's side that's speaking. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Like that's too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much. Um, so yes, I think – that's another factor. Size of wedding party in terms of attendance on each side. Size of wedding party? Yeah. Like how many groomsmen, how many bridesmaids? Um, Again, I think there's room there, for – There's room for variation. Yeah, yeah. Probably no more than five or six on each side. OK. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, uh, I, I think – did I – I had five. OK. I had five. 
I had none. We got we got married <laughs> right in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, and you were so broken up about that. Um, yes, yes. But uh, yeah, I I went to a wedding where there were twelve. I was at that same wedding, <laughs> and I think maybe one after that that yeah. also had twelve. Yeah, like. I know you don't want to hurt people's feelings, mm-hmm. but you got to pick. Like, y- y- you got to pick. Yep. Like, who do you think you are, Jesus? You don't need yeah. 12. <laughs> you don't need 12. Um, we got to talk about food. Yeah. Well, before we get to food. Okay. Um, what? What's the best way or what are some good ways to handle the, okay, the ceremony is done. Ceremony and the officiant has dismissed the 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 uh, the participants there or the the crowd the audience what we're calling them, but they they still have pictures the the bride sure. and the groom still have pictures. How do you manage that downtime between then and when the reception actually starts when they announce the wedding party as they come in? Well, I mean, there's a couple of ways you can do pictures before the wedding. That's one way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. That way you can almost seamlessly transition in a 15, 20-minute period from one to the other. Yeah. Or you have uh, something like a hors d'oeuvres hour or yep. cocktail hour or something like that in between. And yeah. um, depending on the size of the wedding, that works yeah. out really, really well. Yeah. Um, if it's too big and nobody can find like their people, <laughs> yeah. I found that to be a little rough. but. Yep. At a, at a smaller intimate gathering, uh, hors d'oeuvre hour, cocktail hour can be quite fine. Agreed. Yep. And that, that gets us to food. Yeah. Well, first of all, let, like, I, I agree with you. I think that that downtime should be try to – that should be minimized as much as is reasonable so that people aren't in this like seemingly never-ending nebulous, what do we do with this time? Like yep. what what, what – what, like, you got to have some food there. You got to have maybe some activities. It, you know, if people want to play a little cornhole if it's outside or something like yep. that. It's things that kind of help pass the time. Uh, but that gets us to food. If you're going to do that, you got to have appetizers. Mm-hmm. I was actually at this last wedding. I was talking to so many people that I I never actually got any appetizers. I know what? I never made it to the food line. It was good. Mm-hmm. I, I saw other people's plates. It looked fantastic. Fresh fruit, some veggies. They had meatballs. They had bacon-wrapped, cheese-stuffed jalapenos. Delightful. I probably ate too many of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then main course. What, like, what's, what's some of the better wedding food you've had that you remember? You know – uh, before you know, before the worldwide pandemic canceled Andrea and I's wedding, we had gone to Indianapolis and sat down with a chef mm-hmm. who prepared for us like one dish of everything he makes. Yeah, and you got to pick like one or two for your wedding, and so we're just like trying all this stuff. All of it was incredible, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sad that that's <laughs> that's of, the one of, piece of of the larger wedding. That yeah, you... it would have been it have been amazing. Yeah, um, but. Um, like at this wedding, I, I, I thought I think you, I think there's a wide variety of things you can go with. Mm-hmm. Just make sure it's good food. Yeah, that's and and make sure that there are options that I think hit a wide spectrum of people's tastes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can get so niche, like ooh, there's this really fancy and like, but there might be people there who really don't care about really really fancy small portion food. They want like. 
just good quality food. Yeah. That's more traditional for lack of a better term or just sort of simple food. Um, you don't want uh, salmon burritos with sriracha or anything? Well, if you want to do that, fine. But then you got to have a more normal option like brisket mm-hmm. or – you know, some or or some form of chicken or something that's a little bit more like okay, this hits a broad swath of people. I went to a wedding one time, and they had uh, two different food trucks come, oh. and you could go to one of these two food trucks, and basically they had a preset menu. You could get whatever you wanted. These food trucks. One of the one that I went to was like a Mexican Asian fusion food truck, okay. and it was quite good. That would not be the food truck you choose, though. Probably not. No, you'd probably choose the other. Well, I don't. I can't remember what was the other food truck, but yeah. And then for the dessert, I mean, I, it's funny. Again, I, I oh, our wedding, and then obviously, like it was just it was cake, like mm-hmm. that's what you did, and there was really no option, like th- other than just like, do you want chocolate? <laughs> do you want white? What kind of frosting do you want? Mm-hmm. You know those sorts of things. Now I feel like fewer and fewer weddings that I go to even do cake. Well, do you know why that is? No. Uh, so when we were looking at uh, venues, Andrew and I, they charge you for every piece of cake they slice. It's like a couple bucks a slice, so- something like that. So if they're slicing that cake, they're charging you for each slice. So I think that's why a lot of people are going to pie. Now, pie doesn't necessarily solve that problem. You still got to slice it. But that's a lot of people are going to cupcakes, donuts. Cupcakes make sense. Uh, that, for for that very reason. Okay. You're about to get upset. Oh, I'm my not goodness. about to get here upset. We, here we go. I'm about to tell a story. Here we go. Snarky Matt. I, no, no, no. It's it's a story <laughs> for my sister's wedding. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so I think I can get away with this. Oh boy. I think I can get away with this. Oh boy. Um. She had cake. Okay. And she asked my wife to be the cake slicer. That's how she got around. I, like basically she would – so my wife's job for the wedding. Was to cut the cake? Was to cut the cake. I think I think you just use like a, a string. That's the easiest way to like hmm. just slice it that way. But that was my wife's job at my sister's wedding. Yeah. I know that was a big discussion for us where – why would it was going to be like an extra three or four hundred bucks? And yeah, that seems crazy. We're just like that no, no, we can get cupcakes and no, I, that makes sense. Um, I, to me, cupcakes makes the most sense in light of that. Mm-hmm. That you might do like a small wedding cake for like the bride and the groom or something. Sure, that they can keep you know freeze it, have a piece on their first anniversary. Did you guys do that? Did you guys freeze? We did. It didn't necessarily hold up super well. No, you? Neither, neither did our cupcake. No, we did, and it ate up way too much of our freezer space. <laughs> Uh, for a year. And yeah. we just kind of kept looking at it just like, I want to fit more in here. Why can't we get rid of this cupcake? You know, Got to wait a year. We held on to it. Got to wait a year. For a year. Yes. Through the pandemic, I, like I was always in the house with that cupcake, like constantly taunting me. <laughs> and and I'm a person that if there there are sweets in the house, yeah. I got to have them. Yep. Like immediately. Yeah. And uh, that cupcake taunted me for, for a whole year. For a full year. A whole year. Okay. Anything else on the to- on the topic of weddings? Um, a table can make or break it. Absolutely. Um, I do think um, 
there are pros and cons to the assigned seats yep. and to the sort of free for all. Um, I think I think assigned seats is more work on the part of the bride and the groom, obviously. But I think if that's a, a feasible option, I think that's better. Oh yeah, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, and you know, you get a situation like this past weekend, which was a home run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did advocate for the, the the bride was in my is is currently in my small group. I did get yeah. I did get the opportunity to advocate for that specific table. Yeah, I don't know how else though we w- would have necessarily how she might have done that differently. I don't know, but yeah, I mean it, se- it seems to me not only was it a great group, it was an obvious group in light of relationships and that sort of thing. But anyway, um, though I guess. They might have decided to go by small group and put you with other members of your small group yeah. that are that were there. So anyway, good stuff. Good stuff. So uh, shout out to Heidi and Ty. Congratulations. Congratulations. We're very excited for you. I don't think they're podcast listeners. Probably not. No. But feel like we should uh, celebrate that as we did then. Absolutely. All right, John, time now for This Day in Sports History. Okay, This Day in Sports History. Uh, April, oh my goodness, 18th? 18th, yep. April 18th, 2023. Uh, 1964, the L.A. Dodgers pitcher Sandy Koufax strikes out the side on nine pitches uh, for a major league best third time in his career. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean that's the literally the best you can do. Throw three, striking out three consecutive batters on just three strikes, three yep. straight strikes. Uh, 1966, Bill Russell becomes the first African-American coach in NBA history. And I believe he was a player coach at that point. I think that's correct. Yeah, that's 66? Uh, yeah, because he was still playing. Um, 91, uh, 1991, yeah. excuse me. Uh, John Stockton breaks his own NBA season assist record at 1,136. That's a lot. It's a lot of assist uh, for John Stockton. Um, one of my favorite NBA players because he just he just did not care about the fanfare. He was kind of a no nonsense, yeah, kind of fellow. Anyway, and he's a guy that if you bumped into him in Walmart or in public, you wouldn't look at him and go, "Oh, that that dude plays in the NBA." Well, you wouldn't have done that when he was playing. Right. That's you, what I'm saying. Because do you remember the – the there was a documentary a few years ago about the Dream Team, yeah. which he was on. Yeah. He's walking around Barcelona with his video camera <laughs> interviewing people about the Dream Team. You yeah. excited to see the Dream Team? Yeah. Who are you most excited to see? Oh, Michael. Oh, my. Yeah. They have no idea. And one guy goes, I'm really excited to see John Stockton. I'm really excited to see him. <laughs> really? And it's John Stockton behind the camera yeah. doing the whole thing. Anyway, uh, 1994 – the 98th Boston Marathon, Cosmos uh, Nadetti of Kenya wins second straight title in two hours, seven minutes, and 15 seconds. Uta Pig, Pig, Pip Pig, <laughs> excuse me. Um, how could I sully that good name? Of Germany claims women's race in two hours, 21 minutes, and 45 seconds. Yeah. I thought I handled those names with, with grace and panache. Until there. you got to, to Pig. Pip Pig. Pip Pig. 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 Yeah. Cosmos Ndeti. Yeah. Ndeti. Yeah. Yeah. Classic Kenyan name there. Yeah. Sure. Uh, 1998 NFL draft Tennessee quarterback Peyton Manning is the first pick by the Indianapolis Colts. 
Yeah, there it is. A little bit more diversity here. A couple of NBA, yeah. baseball, Boston Marathon, NFL Draft, which that's coming up next week, I think, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's next Thursday, the 27th. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I think they start on Thursday. Yep, Thursday through Sunday. Yeah. Um, who, who do you like? like? Uh, I like Sandy Koufax. Really interesting. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have suspected that. What do you like? Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna scratch out Bill Russell. Too too frequent. I mean, again, he's not to the same level as Wilt, but he pops up a lot. It feels he like does. so. Um, so I could go with anybody besides uh, Bill Russell. There, um, I might have gone with Peyton. But uh, I can go with Sandy Koufax. I like that. You good with that? Yeah, I'm good with Sandy. Okay. One thing you liked? Uh, this week, this past week, I did a bit of traveling and had dinner with an, uh, a couple of alumni. They're married. Uh, and we go to sit down and the alumni looks at me and goes, I'll try not to talk about the podcast the whole time. <laughs> and then I said, okay. Didn't know you listened. That's awesome. Yeah. And then he goes – at the end of dinner goes, can we have a bit of time to talk about grass? <laughs> so my one thing I liked was uh, uh, I had dinner with Zach and Kate in Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Well, shout out to Zach and Kate. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. We love I think to... Zach listens more than Kate, but okay. uh, Kate. Well, sometimes Kate might be in the room. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. You know. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, my one thing I liked is – In light of the wedding this weekend, uh, Zach in Ohio and his lovely bride, Sarah, stayed with us at our home on Friday night and into Saturday before the wedding. And we just had a great time catching up. Uh, They didn't have their kids with them, which I think that's the first time the four of us have hung out with nobody's kids around Hmm. in like forever. (laughs) Uh, And we love their kids. Their kids are great. But there's just a fun dynamic of oh, yeah. two couples catching up and uh, being uh, – just being able to freely talk and that sort of stuff. So a lot of fun. Um, though one thing that did come out in our conversation at the table at the wedding, Zach from Ohio has not listened to the pod in over two months. It's been a busy two months for him. Like I'm inclined to give You're going to give him a pass on that? I'm inclined to. But okay. I can I can probably err towards graciousness. So if, if yeah. we need a little bit more law, I'll let you come in with the law. I think that would be Nate in Ohio's job. <laughs> that, that would be Nate in Ohio's job. <laughs> to come in and say there's just no excuse. Well, maybe we need to have Nate in Ohio encourage Zach in Ohio to do some listening. Perhaps. Yeah. I'm sure he'd be willing to, to jump on board and, mm-hmm. and, and, and encourage Zach in that way. All right. We have talked – NBA playoffs. We have talked what makes a good wedding and the excellent wedding we attended this past weekend. We have talked Sandy Koufax. We have talked John eating dinner with a podcast listener and his bride. Mm -hmm. We've talked about hanging out with Zach and Sarah from Ohio. So I think by definition... We have covered our various and sundry topics, and so all that's left to say is, until next time, the Lord bless you all real good. Later. Later.